Welcome to the Movement Underground Radio with your hosts, Mike Stella and Anthony Pranzo. What do high-performance athletes and people have in common? High-performance mindsets. We are here to take an underground look at the stories behind the athletes, therapists, trainers, and people who push their own limits so that we may expand our own. Take a deep dive underground with us in three, two, one. All right. Yes. What's up, bro? Got my man, Sadiq Hadzovic, in the studio, finally. Uh, Sadiq is one of the athletes that, when I had the idea to do this podcast, like he was the first guy that I wrote down. Um, it, he's an athlete that really just never is outworked. Uh, and, you know, his mindset and, and his attitude and, you know, his positivity and obviously his influence on social media, all the things. And he just does it at such a high level. So I was really excited to bring on Sadiq today and get a chance to talk about kind of getting underground with him a little bit behind what you guys see on social media. So, Sadiq, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Hey, man, the honor is mine, bro. Oh, I remember man. we spoke about this a year ago. Yeah, so, totally. And I remember anytime someone brings an idea to me, I, I always encourage them. Yes. Always. But with the same token, I don't blow smoke up their ass. No. You know, if I feel they're not a good fit for what they're trying to do, where I'll let them know. Yes. Like, hey, you sure you're ready for this? But, uh, yeah, we spoke about this a year ago. I'm happy to be here, bro. Yeah, man, it took a while. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where – and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about just how we've had so many great conversations over the years working together, um, you know, pr helping prep for some of the Olympias and some of the competitions over the last couple of years. And I was like, damn, if I could just bottle this shit <laughs> and, like, put it out there, it would be unbelievable because I think, you know, especially with bodybuilding, I think more than any other sport – uh, a lot of people, you know, it, it, it's not that it's shallow, but I think a lot of people don't ever get past that first that first layer. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to just show like the physical stuff on social media because that's what people are attracted to, obviously. And that's what people are interested in learning from you. But it's so much more than that. Like, in mm -hmm. or I mean, like you want to expand yeah. on that? Like, yeah, kind for of sure. I mean, going back to what you said, if you can only cultivate it or bottle it. Right. But you don't need to bottle it. I have no advantage over anybody else. I've never played a sport in my entire life. I've never lifted a weight until I was 18 years old. Wow. In fact, I was 130 pounds at almost six feet tall when I graduated high school. So if somebody's asking, hey, can I bottle what you have? Can I use what you have? <coughs> you don't need to bottle what I have. Just make your own shit. Right. Make your own shit. You know, don't be scared to start from the bottom. You know, 18 years old, you can imagine I'm so skinny. I don't feel like I belong in the gym. I never wanted to be a bodybuilder. You know, it kind of just happened by accident. Sure. So me doing my first show was more to shut people up. Hey, you got a great physique. You should compete. You got a great physique. You should compete. I'm like, what are you talking about? That shit's gay as hell. Like, I ain't trying to compete. <laughs> like, because I went to one bodybuilding show and these people were in thongs on the stage. Right. These grown ass men were wearing thongs. I'm like, and how old so are you weird. at that point? I was, I was. 18 years old, yeah, wow. 18, 19 years old, because I worked in a supplement store and um, didn't know shit about supplements, protein powders or a creatine sure. or any of that. Now I'm an expert on it. So I kind of did my first show just like, you know, just for fun. And I saw an opportunity to be the best in the world. And since then, it's been a 14-year run, four world titles, um, a dozen magazine covers, Incredible. And, um, you know, some big sponsorships. And, you know, now I make a living doing this. Unbelievable. Yeah, Had you great. ever imagined that bodybuilding would turn into like a full-time business <laughs> slash career? 
Like if you were to tell yourself at 20 years old, like a couple years into your fitness journey, that you would be one of the most influential people in bodybuilding. Like we were talking about this again, like even before we got on, just like you spearheaded two brand new Mm -hmm. divisions at Mm -hmm. two separate times Mm -hmm. in your career. Mm -hmm. Right. You were one of the first men's physique competitors. And obviously Mm -hmm. you dominated that division early in your career. And then and then when classic physique was released, what, three, four years ago, Mm -hmm. you were the first crop of like top 10 guys in that division as well. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, there's a Mr. Olympia, which is the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. Right. So I'm the first guy to actually compete back to back two consecutive years and place top three in both divisions. Wow. So um, I haven't been training like this. I've been training for 14 years, man. When people say they train for something 14 years, like I never miss a workout, Mike. You know, I I never miss a workout. And um, it means so much to me because this started off as a passion. And to be honest, I started lifting weights to look a little better. Sure. So that I get laid, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) – you know, it starts off as something materialistic or something immature, like trying to get laid, sure. attrapt, uh, attract the opposite sex. Yeah. And then I'm like, shit, I like the way I fucking feel when I work out. Natural endorphins. You know, I've always suffered from depression. Okay. So the number one thing for me dealing with depression is exercising, getting moving. And I fell in love with that. The person I was, the confidence I had after a workout. Right. And I just kept at it. Eventually, I had the six-pack. I had the muscles. But I would never take off my shirt because I was shy. I would never – I would go to the beach or the pool and not take my shirt off, although I look great. Really? Yeah, I swear to God, wow. man. Yeah, yeah, because I was very shy, man. So doing what I do on social media or even doing this podcast would never happen 10 years ago. I couldn't look somebody in the eye. You know, I couldn't approach a you female. You get that, like, imposter syndrome where you feel like you're maybe not good enough mm-hmm. to yeah. – or, like, you maybe, like, that. there's that underlying tone of, like, a little bit of self-doubt, mm-hmm. even though, like, you achieve those things. Like, even dude, even for me, like – you know, you say like put 10, 15 years into something like for me, that's what I've been doing with athletic training. I, I never thought that this is what I would do. Like if you'd asked me in high school that this is what I was going to do in my life, I'd have been like, no, definitely not. I'm yeah. probably going to do like something more, mm-hmm. you know, classic straight up and down business wise. Yeah. Um, well, this but, is very unorthodox for right. me too, man. Going on social media, posting shirtless pictures. I mean, at the time there was only MySpace and right. then eventually Facebook. Which and was totally different than it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to like be a college student and like be enrolled yeah. in classes in order to see your classmates. But here I was. You could imagine me posting my first shirtless selfie on mm-hmm. there. And my friends did not understand. Like, yo, what are you, gay? What is this shit? <laughs> like, I'm following you, man. I don't want to see your shirtless body right. when I'm trying to go on, on Facebook to look at girls. And so a lot of my friends trying to like, poke girls on Facebook. Yo, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I did, a, I did a YouTube video. My first YouTube video was eight years ago and hey what's up guys i'm 24 years old my name is sadiq i'm doing my first bodybuilding show i don't know what i'm doing but follow me on my journey and that one video led to hundreds of thousands of subscribers wow led to millions of you know just documenting your journey like you don't have to have the most um you know you don't always have to spread knowledge or you know instruct people on what to do and how to live their life sure just show them by example right this is what i'm doing this is how i live my i life. have the balls mm-hmm. to do something that i don't know about you know starting from the bottom and eventually you pick up the tools along the road and you become great at it i mean the other day i was watching the rocks instagram live and then like five minutes into instagram live the rock goes hey sadiq what's up brother uh thanks for thanks for watching i, I know you're working hard out there See you soon. That's and awesome. I was like, oh shit! Like <laughs> yeah, the rock, get a little bro. starstruck. <laughs> Even you get starstruck, dude. I it, do, you know, man. it's it's totally. And again, that I think that exact feeling 
resonates and translates across any different industry or different spectrum. We all feel like, oh man, like you get that apprehension to put yourself out there. And like one of the things that resonated with me right away with you was that you were like the antithesis of that. You're like, no man, you got to fucking do it. You got to put it out there Mm -hmm. because you never know who's going to see it. You never know who's, somebody will gain some value from it. And so like even like when we had first met, I I had maybe been like six months into really like posting content on Instagram. And I think my YouTube channel was around for like a little over a year at that point, but you were always so encouraged. Like, Hey man, we can do a video today. Let's do something. You know what I mean? And you were so willing to help and share, like use your influence to help me out. And like, you did it from such a genuine place that, and I was like, man, like a lot celebrities and athletes like should take a note because like same thing with the rock. Like he's very altruistic in that sense. And, And I think the same thing about you, um, where you, you do things because it gives you intrinsic yeah. value, right? Yeah. Like, And the same thing with me. Like, yeah. I like to help people because it makes me feel good mm-hmm. about me that I'm able to help somebody yeah. else. I mean, I, I wanted to encourage you because it changed my life, dude. Changed it my changed life, changed my life. Totally. I grew up poor. I grew up same. insecure. Same. You know, we always had the shitty car. And yep. when my parents would drop me off at school, I'd be like, no, no, no. Like, drop, drop me, me off a block a, away. Yeah, a block away. Yeah, dude, you know? totally. And um, it changed my life because here I was, you know, making what? $500 a month, like in a stupid yeah. endorsement deal. But once I started building my own brand, right. you know, I could see that you can make not only $500 a month, but you can make maybe 500000 a year or a million a year. And you could, you could increase your value. Not only that, you know how good it feels when someone says, hey, I saw something you posted, man. And um, because of you, I lost 50 pounds. Or because of you, I stopped using drugs or drinking alcohol. Awesome. Because of you, I was going to kill myself. But you posted a video that was very inspirational. I decided I'm going to keep pushing forward. I get the same thing. I get people reach out and say, hey, Mike, you posted that video about this injury, and it helped me so much. I've been to so many doctors that couldn't figure out what's wrong with me, and I did this one thing, and I feel so much better. And it's like, man, they're, like that is a drug, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's amazing. Isn't dude. it? Like you get that like dopamine rush and that yeah. endorphin release just knowing like, wow, I – I put this out, and again, that was my big hesitation up front, too, is, like, I was worried about putting stuff out there and being like, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and the more I did it, the more I realized how little it was mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. And it was really just about connecting with other people. And so even on a segue of that, like, obviously, we're kind of dealing with this whole coronavirus thing, and I don't want to go down that road too deep because we're all – we all know, right? Yeah. But, like, over the weekend, yesterday, I was just kind of feeling a little bit in a funk. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to share the real shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put on the ambassador face and, and, and make some polished video and make, like, hey, guys, maximize this time. Like, and, again, I know that that's important. Everybody, you know, we want to lift each other up. But I was just feeling some kind of way. And I was like, hey, guys, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little down because uh, I really do miss working with my athletes. I really miss, you know, doing the stuff in the trenches every day. And, um, and it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. And like this is the other side of the coin. This is the part w- that we all as humans are going to go through these ups and downs. And so many, dude, like 50, 60 people reached out to me yesterday to be like, I feel the same way or this really helped me. I was feeling like I was wasting my time because I couldn't get out of this funk. And it's just like so many people. And I guess the point of that is like it, you never know who's going to resonate with. And y- you never know how much connection that you can build because it, even though it's not mm-hmm. in front of you. Right. It's so like you and I built a strong connection because we were in person, like hands on, like doing the work and you're prepping and we're helping with recovery and all that stuff. But, you know, that friendship is, you know, lasted through any different medium, yeah. you know, yeah. which has been awesome. It's all it's all about being real, man. Yeah, the, totally. You know, people are not fools these days. If you're on social media and you're not being real, 
or you're in a bar trying to pick up a girl you're not being real people are not dumb they see through the they fake. can feel it sure yeah man you know maybe i have three million followers not because i have a six-pack how many people have six-packs tons of people have six packs sure. but why are people attracted to me it's the personality right. why are people attracted to the rock is the personality why authenticity are people, authenticity exactly yeah so that's what it's about it's not about being better than anybody with the perfect selfie the perfect video the perfect positive message sometimes you could have a bigger impact not having a positive message hey listen you know like i'll be honest with you guys and i work out all week i'm depressed sure um you know i've been a little overwhelmed been watching the news i'm stressed out and i'm worried and that makes you. And that's totally valid. That humanizes yeah. you. Humanizes yeah. you. As an athlete, like, you're not always going to feel motivated. You're not always going to feel, you know, like you have to go on social media and be inspirational. You just are. You just sure. are. You just know? by being. Just being. By that's doing. Awesome. By doing, man. And every time I would work with you over the past few years, I would always encourage you because life is short as well. Mm -hmm. Life is short. I was just talking about this in the car ride here. You, we don't have hundred years we could get hit by a car plane crash uh die of sudden disease right you know anything could fucking happen so if you have a little a little idea or fucking if you're go passionate, for it. Yeah, push the chips in. if you're passionate about just one little thing totally explore it because you never know what it'll lead to like right now i'd probably be working some shitty ass job um depressed you know mm -hmm. and not really ever follow my passion never travel the world never meet amazing people experience different cultures but i had the balls to get started i didn't know what the fuck i was doing like right. i said man i didn't lift a weight in my entire life and I'm, I'm one of the best bodybuilders in the world like that's so odd to me and that's not even like a joke that's like legit and like, even like one of the things that i l instantly recognized about you was that you are the same in real life as you are on your social mm -hmm. media they're like having that conversation with you you're not afraid to say what people need to hear mm -hmm. even if you even if it's not you know what they want rainbows and yeah. unicorns you know what mm -hmm. i mean um but that's really powerful and i think and correct me if i'm wrong but that probably rubs some people the wrong way oh yeah well some people can't like they yeah. feel like that genuine authentic mm -hmm. version of yourself is not mm -hmm. and so they like fight back on that is that mm -hmm. has have you experienced like the other side of that coin it's true it's true um so when i was prepping for my last olympia um it was September 2017. I remember. I, prepped, I was there. I prepped for 11 months. I 11 remember. months. And I'm not talking about, like, I exercise every day for 11 months. I mean every meal, every drop of water, Dude, every grain of rice. One of the most impressive things I've ever witnessed. I was hyper-focused. So there's something called focus, and then there's hyper-focused. Hyper, sure. And I was fucking hyper-focused, Mike. Like, Dude, you were uber-focused. Like, it was like you could cut a fucking... <laughs> you could cut it with a knife. It was so sharp, yeah. your focus, man. It was crazy. And um, being hyper-focused is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing for me. But I didn't realize how it rubbed people the wrong way. I was so focused that having a conversation, hi, how are you? Good to see you today, wasn't important. Making eye contact with people wasn't important. Right. You know, having small chit-chats in the gym wasn't important. And the reason is, is because the outcome means so much to me. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing, the Olympia competing, being the best in the world means so much to me that people mistake me for being arrogant or full of myself or, you know, like, sure. like an asshole. Or they want to project that on you so that they mm -hmm. can not like you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because they might maybe be a little insecure themselves mm -hmm. or or just like, you know, again, like and, and bodybuilding is one of those sports where there are so many impressive athletes mm -hmm. in the sport that you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. 
that mm-hmm. never make it to a big show. Mm-hmm. And they look unbelievable. Yeah. And like that was the one thing for me was like, you know, again, like you and a few of the other guys from Bev's mm-hmm. that became clients mm-hmm. really got me interested in bodybuilding when I really, you know, like had a loose interest in it before. Like I knew Arnold and Frank mm-hmm. Zane and like, mm-hmm. you know, Palumbo, like all yeah, the yeah. big names. Like, you know, that guys that like transferred from bodybuilding into like movies and TV Ferrigno, and stuff. Ferrigno, the Ferrigno, yeah. yeah. All these guys. But like, and I didn't realize the, the width of the sport mm-hmm. and how many people mm-hmm. are into it. Really, until I, I met y- me, you and a few other guys, but mainly you, because obviously the reach that you had on social media, I'm like, holy crap, mm-hmm. this is like yeah. millions yeah. upon millions upon millions of people that are either interested in it, watching mm-hmm. it as fans, or participating mm-hmm. in shows, um, or, going to these shows. Yeah, or they're interested in getting into it. Or they're interested in getting into it, yeah. Or on the contrary, there's also businessmen, people that don't work out, no business, uh, sure. you know, no, no bodybuilding experience, and they're following me because they're inspired by what I'm saying. Yeah. If they could only, like you said, if they could only bottle up and use that, give it to their employees, bring it into their own lives. Totally. But that's the thing about being hyper-focused, man. Um, I have my blinders on, so I flip a switch. I have a, I have a switch that I flip, mm-hmm. and I call it the killer instinct. And when I flip this fucking switch, nothing fucking matters. Nothing. Not my bills. Right. Not my... Um, you know, family functions, weddings, um, nothing. Small talk does not matter. In fact, I can't resonate with everybody. I can't be around people because I don't want people's low frequency to interfere with my high frequency. Yeah, my totally. focus versus their lack of focus. If I'm in a room with you and you're 100 degrees and I am, let's say, I am 200 degrees, mm-hmm. okay, some of my 200 degrees is going to pull. Gonna I'm going to pull it. Exactly. Yeah. So now you're going to be 120. Right. Okay. So now you're 120 and you go into a room, let's say with Joe Schmo and Joe Schmo is 50 degrees. Now what's going to happen to your degrees? You're going to go down to maybe 80. Right. So this energy, I use degrees as an example, rubs off on people. So I need to be around positive, motivated individuals or, which was 90% of the time, be alone and only surround myself with um, that hyper YouTube, YouTube yeah. videos, Tony Robbins, other people that are very influential, um, books. So you don't physically need to be around people. Right. Oh, Siddiq, you're so lucky. Um, you live there and you have these people as mentors. Nah, man. Mentors are books. Mentors are videos. Mentors are imagery. Mentors are music. Sure. You know, you could you could you pull that inspiration from anywhere, really. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I always love to hang out with you. And I try to raise your level. Try yeah. to raise your degree. Nah, man, you have an idea, do it. Because what happens? People have so many ideas, they never do it because right. they don't want to. So do that it. one voice that's an mm-hmm. influence in their life says, oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, even my mom, um, you know, my mom passed a few years ago. But, like, when I was like, hey, I really want to start my own business and get into this, I'm just sick of working for other people. Like, I'd rather work 100 hours a week for myself mm-hmm. than 40 hours a week for somebody else mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm a passionate guy. I love what I do. I'm smart. Like, I. I put everything I have into it. And I, I love that you said like about energy because you're dead on it. You're either bringing energy or you're mm-hmm. sapping energy. Mm-hmm. There is no in-between. So 100% of the time, I'm going to be the guy that brings energy to the table, mm-hmm. which is why kind of being real on my Instagram yesterday was like, you know, this is a day where I'm just not feeling like I, I'm feeling like I, it's hard for me to bring it. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you 100%. And she was just like, you know, it's risky, this mm-hmm. and that. Mm-hmm. And obviously coming from a place of love and not wanting to see me fail. But you know what? I needed to fucking fail, and yep. I need, and I did, and I have many times mm-hmm, since then. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. Yeah. I wouldn't have 
this education platform that I'm building or the movement underground, my business or all these different things. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't just taken that blind leap of faith, yeah. you know what I mean? But look at this. Would you rather fail in your twenties, thirties or forties? Or would you rather fail in your sixties or seventies where it's hard to recover? So I mean, if yeah, you fail, totally true. if you fail like now in life, if you're, if you're 30 years old, you're watching this or you're 40 years old, you're watching this. If you fail now, big fucking deal. Right. You stand back up, dust yourself off. And keep you trucking. Yeah, you just keep yeah. going, man. But when you're kind of like 50, 60, 70, you're kind of like a little more stuck. It's a little sure. bit more difficult to pick yourself up. But um, really, what is the big fucking deal? Do you think anyone really gives a fuck if you fail? Yeah, right. they might care. They might talk about you for a day or they two. They might say, I told you so. Yeah. Look right. at this idiot. You saw so-and-so did this and he failed? Ha, ha, ha. Right. What a loser. Yeah, but you know what, man? I'll take that any day over sure. being a pussy on the sidelines. <laughs> never. Never. Yeah. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback. Yeah, it's man. It's fucking easy. People that never chase their dreams, people that never think outside the box, people that never pursue right. what they're passionate about. I would take this over that any day, even if I failed. And like, I don't get a lot of hate on mm -hmm. social media. I, I really don't. I get a small little pocket mm -hmm. from very specific niche of people. Mm -hmm. And it's always people that have no posts on their pages, mm -hmm. that have like an anonymous account or like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not the people that are putting themselves mm -hmm. out there. Like, if you're, if you want to come at me and you're putting yourself out there too, I'm going to listen just to, you know, hear your perspective. Mm -hmm. But I almost mm -hmm. like, like, this person with the anonymous account going to throw shade at me for what? Mm -hmm. Trying to share something with somebody that mm -hmm. might help them? Like, mm -hmm. because does that make you feel better? Mm -hmm. Like, no. You know what I mean? So I, I love that, that yeah. you're very specific about the energies and the people that you surround yourself with. I think that's a great lesson to pull away is, um, you know, be, being in control of what kind of energy you let around mm -hmm. you. And we mm -hmm. do have control over that. A lot of people get stuck in relationships mm -hmm. or jobs or you know, do things because they think they s they're supposed to. They get that case of the supposed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even when we met, I yeah. was going through that. I, th I was about to get married mm -hmm. to the wrong woman because mm -hmm. I thought I was supposed to. And when it didn't work out, you were like one of those people's like, man, this is an opportunity, bro. Mm -hmm. This is like your comeback story. Like, you get to write mm -hmm. this from scratch now. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just remember at that time being like, man, you know, I – that was exactly what I fucking needed to hear yeah. was a friend, but somebody who I also admire mm -hmm. saying like, this yeah. is nothing, man. This Dude, is nothing. it is nothing, bro. My dad is on his uh, fourth marriage and he's trying. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Lucky number four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's he's 60 something years old and he's like, I don't care. You know, like there's plenty of other women out there. What are you going to do? Cry about it? And he keeps going. Yeah. You know? And yeah, you got to respect that, you know, um, not being married four or five times, but you have to respect someone with tenacity and. Um, you got to have a – it's tough, man. Listen, especially with social media, touch on social media. I'll be honest with you. When people leave me a negative comment, it hurts me. It, it hurts, hurts me, me too, man. It hurts me. It's hard to switch it off. And, yeah, we know in 2020 hindsight, yeah, they're just mirroring their own insecurity. They just don't like their own life, so they're coming here throwing shade. But it hurts because you want everyone to like you. Totally. And when people don't like you, especially when you're doing the right thing, it hurts, man. But there's two ways to do – to go about it. You could either – retreat and pull back and get hung up on yeah, it yeah and get hung up on it or you could use it for a positive thing put sure. in the gas tank put in the gas tank you know like when you're when you're in the spotlight people want to talk about you right and when people talk about you a negative criticism you take that shit and use it as fuel you gotta use it as fuel every situation every setback you know i, I grew up so angry and depressed for so many years um my father left the house when i was eight years old I didn't speak to him again until he was until I was 18. 
So wow. that's 10 years of my life. And that's when you need your father the most. Is sure, those are very years. influential years. Yeah. And that's how I got into this whole insecurity of, you know, I don't feel like a man. I don't know what being the man is. So what I would do during those years was I would turn on the TV. And when I turn on TV, you see Sylvester Stallone, right. Steven Seagal, S- yeah, uh, Schwarzenegger, Rambo, right. yeah, Schwarzenegger, uh, WWF. So you see all these motherfuckers, and what do they have in common? Number one, they have no emotions. Number two, they're fucking jacked out of their mind, and they're yelling, and they're screaming, and they're masculine, you know? So right. I was like, fuck, I got to be like these guys. That's why when I was 18 years old, I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, fuck, man, I'm a skinny little bitch. I got to do something about this. You know? <laughs> so I, all these years I've been chasing the man, being the man, trying to be the perfect man. And what I'm doing is it's all bullshit, Mike. That's not the body doesn't make the man. The muscles doesn't make the man. Having zero emotions doesn't make you a man. In fact, it's the opposite now. Yeah. You know, having emotions, um, being there for your friends, being supportive, you know, being caring. or just being able to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Right. That you're feeling like you're feeling some kind of way or like I don't like this mm-hmm. and being able to acknowledge it for yourself mm-hmm. and then be honest and courageous enough to let those around mm-hmm. you know as well. Yeah. You know, which you have is mm-hmm. the courage to let people know. That like, hey, now's not the time. Yeah. And you I, know? Don't, I don't want to be fucked with neither. You know, right. I still no, want to be a man. Sure. You know, in fact, like I look at these muscles um, a few different ways. Number one, this is an armor. It's an armor for me. You know, wow, this guy, you, you know, when an athlete walks in a room, what happens when an athlete walks in a room? Chest tall, broad shoulders, right. chin in the air. Be like, wow. This it's guy, an aura. Yeah, it's right. an aura. Like, yeah. damn, this guy takes his body and his fitness serious. So he must take everything else serious. I'm not going to fuck with this guy. Or I'm going to try to pick his brain and learn from this guy because mm-hmm. athletes have tremendous dedication. It's a 24-hour job. It's nutrition. Right. It's um, you know physical therapy. It is sleeping. It is training. It's right. a regimen. And it's also saying no to a lot of stuff that you mm-hmm. probably want to do too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's that, but it's also a means – to live life on your own terms. Right. You know, being, I never left the tri-state area in my entire life until I started doing bodybuilding shows. First time I left New Jersey, New York, Long Island, Connecticut was, what was I, like 20 years old. Wow. You know, and I just wanted to travel and I've been to almost all the continents, been to dozens of countries and it allowed me to make a living off this, man. But wow. it's all social media. It's not being the best in the world. It's not having that first place trophy. It's social media. It's what you built. Right. It's the come up. It's documenting. It's the journey, showing people that you're a human and you're not just some dude that's loading themselves up on steroids or right. genetically gifted or, you know, this guy's a loser. He spends all his time in a gym. It's more than that. So much more than that. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about bodybuilding is it's it demands 100 percent of your time. That's awesome. Hundred percent of your time. Do you love it as ne- as much now as you did like years ago when you started? I love it so much more now. Really? You know, especially because awesome. I retreated. So uh, my wife and I were trying to have a baby. I retreated a little bit, take a step backwards. That's awesome. Only to man. take two steps forward, man. You yeah. know, and uh, I can't wait to get back to it because I'm 32 years old. You know, I'm 32 years old. The body, my body, a bodybuilder doesn't hit their prime until they're 40. Right. So, so you're about to hit the you're you're like in that I'm, zone where you're I'm on the That's crazy to trajectory. think that you're really not even in your prime I yet, know, man. I know, man. And you're as accomplished as you are in the sport. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of these guys they've been training for 20 years before the Olymp- win the Olympia, you know? So for me, I've only been wow. training for 14 years. So, you know, I have plenty of time to go. And that's plus awesome. I'm very smart, man, you know? You I'm, are, yeah. I'm very smart. I'm very very i guess i would aid on the side of caution you know in terms of seeing you twice a week mm-hmm. getting my body worked on uh, making sure my sleeping is good not drinking alcohol 
you know, I just take care of myself. Dude, man. yeah, that, that 2017 Olympia run, I think, I mean, we literally did two sessions a week for, like, the whole 11 or 10 months. It was unbelievable. And to watch you go from, like, off-season mode in, like, through that entire prep was just mm-hmm. nothing short of just unbelievable. Yeah. I remember one day you told me, you were working on me, you're like, man, this is so cool. I was like, what do you mean? Man, I always seen the textbooks of like the muscle anatomy, like the drawings yeah. of the muscles. And now it's like I'm fucking seeing it in real life, like the same things you would see in the textbook. Totally, man. Yeah. No, like even like you, you know, when you dissect a cadaver, right? Like when I did cadaver in school, you know, like it starts to feel, you know, when, when you're looking at it on like a dead person, like it starts to lose like the human part of it. You know what I mean? Like you, it kind of just feels like meat and looks mm-hmm. like meat. Um, but like when you were just like peeled, like you were down to like 2% body fat while your skin is like paper thin and like to see the change from on the table to off the table. Cause like, again, when in manual therapy, we're really talking about more like the neurological side and why these things change like tone and it's more indirect and we're, we're not talking about the mechanical side as much anymore. But when you work on a bodybuilder, you see mechanical stuff change, right? Like we were working on like some septum work. It was just incredible. Yeah, it was like cool, the before man. and afters, and and just like how well your body would respond to it. Yeah, but also you've seen the change in my mentality. Yeah, you know, and even some dark stuff too. Yeah. I remember there was one session. Mm-hmm. It was like real late in your prep. It was like a nine o'clock p.m. session. You just got done with your second cardio of the day, mm-hmm. and we did some work. And you got up off the table, and you like. Dizzy. You got real dizzy and had to sit down, dizzy. and I and I got concerned. I remember thinking, like, man, like, I don't know if I want you to drive home. Let me follow mm-hmm. you because, like, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking a little out of it. Yeah. There's many times like that. You get dizzy, um, bright lights hurt, loud noises hurt your head, um, constantly having a headache. Is that typical, like, getting deeper into a prep, like, that for athletes to experience that? Yeah. I mean, good athletes do. Yeah. There's plenty of athletes now that never reach that level of conditioning. Right. So, dude, you were just me, absolutely shredded. It was unbelievable. For me, like, I'm known for my conditioning. Yeah. Uh, but I've also have such a high threshold for pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. I've always had. I don't know if my parents are from Eastern Europe and we've been through <laughs> a lot of shit. Like, our so ancestors. genetically predisposed. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I grew up in a household that wasn't really that nourishing. Like, our hugs weren't really hugs. They were more like, pat on the back like hey you're doing great how are you you know like right, right. i love you you know it's not really like a like a very nurturing like friendly environment i grew up in it was a no-nonsense household so i have a no-nonsense approach to being the best at whatever my craft is mike i swear to god if i wash the dishes in the morning i fucking wash <laughs> that dish like you would never see a motherfucker wash a dish better than me in my life if i wash my car if i uh, write a poem if I write up you know like any task that I do I complete it to excellence if yeah. I set out to do something no matter how small it is because if I can't wash a dish good that means I can't be the best bodybuilder in the world if I can't like you know do the small stuff really good how am I going to do a big yeah, thing be really savagely good? great at the basics it's a blessing and a it's curse. a mindset totally it's a blessing is a mindset. And a curse man not yeah. everyone understands you know talk more about that talk more about the curse side of it Oh man! Because obviously, I think we can we can all recognize mm-hmm. the product of the positive yeah. side. That laser focus, that that you know insatiable mm-hmm. desire to excel, mm-hmm. obviously has translated in your bodybuilding career. There's no doubt. Like you can't do what you do and, and achieve the level that you've achieved it without that extra gear. Mm-hmm. But talk about what that extra gear means on the other side. Like what is that? Like in terms of like personal development through those years, yeah. like of bodybuilding, like when you maybe people didn't know you yeah. as well, 
Um, you know, socially, what did that mean? Like, yeah. all, what's the other context besides that? Because I think it can be easy to see, like, man, I want to look like mm-hmm. Sadiq. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be like Sadiq. Mm-hmm. But do you really? Are you really yeah. willing to pay the price mm-hmm. of admission? Because mm-hmm. it, because obviously the out the the back end part of the 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 physical, like you know, the fame and all these other things, the money, the jobs, the business that you've been able to cultivate, that's one side, and that's awesome. And that's what people want to aspire to. But can yeah. you can you share like a little Absolutely. bit of the darker stuff? Absolutely. I mean, again, I get this all the time. Uh, I get the 18, 19 year old. Hey, man, I'm gonna drop out of college. I want to be just like you. Sure. And I'm very like, you know, I'm very straightforward with people. So the first thing I say is why. I don't say nice to meet you. Oh, that's great. I say why. You go right for and the like, throat. Well, I don't. I don't know. I I uh I kind of think it's cool. You know, like. Like, you know, you drive a nice car, you have a hot girlfriend all the time. Like, dude, you want to be the best in the fucking world? It's going to take more than that. Your motivation isn't having a nice car or traveling the world or having a hot girlfriend. That's not the fucking motivation. Like, my motivation comes from a darkness, man, an insecurity. I remember looking in the mirror when I'm 18 years old and physically being sick of what I saw in the mirror. To the point where I would gag as if I was going to throw up. I was dry heaving every time I looked at myself in the mirror. Like, my drive came from never being adequate enough, never being the best in anything, um, you know, never having a girlfriend, never, like, you know, feeling comfortable in my own skin. Mm. So when you're inspired by no matter what it is, if you want to be the best in the world, if, you know, whatever your drive is, it's going to consume you. And to be the best in the world, it has to consume you. And the people around you are not going to understand. I used to have this rule. So when I was 24 years old, I got my pro card like almost instantly. You know, it was night and day. Like, what year was that? Like that was like around 20, the late uh, 2000s? 2012. Okay. Um, so I got my pro card right away. And my coach and I used to have a, this rule with him because I'd always have different girlfriends. It was like a revolving <laughs> girl, a door of girlfriends. And we had this rule. Oh, man, we're, we're 12 weeks out. So 12 weeks out is the magical number where we would start our preparations. Sure. We're 12 weeks out. Did you break up with so-and-so? Nah, man, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Hey, man, we're 12 weeks out. Did you break up with her? All right, one second. Let me do it right now. Get on the phone. Hey, listen, it's fucking over. Block your number. We're fucking done. Because I, I have zero fucking distractions. Right. Zero distractions. I didn't need my emotions. First of all, there's no fucking room for emotions. It's only wake up, do cardio. Eat food, go to the gym, eat food, take a nap, do cardio, go right. home, eat, sleep. There's nothing You got to be able to ignore it, really, right? Because otherwise else. you'd be like, if you were listening to that voice that says, this yeah. sucks, this hurts, I'm yep. hungry, mm-hmm. you know, I want to mm-hmm. go have a beer with my friends mm-hmm. and eat some pizza and wings. Can't do it. You, so you just have to switch. Is that the switch? I don't have any friends. Just switch it off. When I compete, I don't have any friends. I don't right. have any interactions. I don't have anything. It is just... Eat, sleep, and shit. Sure. Exercise, nutrition, and sleeping. That's all it is. So friends don't understand. Maybe I had, um, let's say I had 10 friends. Now I only have two. Right. You know, only the people that really understand, really love you, and stick around, those are the friends worth having. Sure. It's not like you're not seeing them because you're at home playing with your dick. You're out <laughs> there trying to be the best in the world. Yeah. You know, so the people that really matter in your life will understand but we were talking about this before. The shoemaker has the worst shoes. Like what my body feels like, Mike, and I do a good job of taking care of my body. You do an awesome job. I do a great job. But what my body feels like, my knees, my back, like, 
you know, I have the body of like a 50 year old man. I'm 32. No, that's not true. I do. My, I'm serious, <laughs> man. Like, is you that know, how you like, feel sometimes? Like, you just I feel, feel like sometimes, like, damn, dude, like used up a little bit. Who the hell is yeah. lifting 500 pounds? Who is squatting 500 pounds, like, with no show in sight? Right. There's no show in sight because bodybuilding is a 24 7 sport. It isn't no off season, on season. It's always on season. Right. If you're not improving, you know, you're falling behind. You're falling behind, man. And there's only 365 days in a year. So that's 365 workouts if you work out every day. If right. you take one rest day a week, all right, you're down 50 workouts. So now you're down to 300 and something workouts per year. Right. Take two rest days a week. Now I'm at 550. So, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities to – I'm sorry, 250. There's not a lot of opportunities to improve in bodybuilding. So and I think it's important for, like, again, listeners to understand, you know, what Sadiq is talking about is an extreme – you know, obviously desire to win, but like truthfully, like the guys that you see mm -hmm. on that final stage at the Olympia, this is what they have to do. They, you can't, it can't, it's not like, a, oh, I, you know, every other day or I'm going to take my, my rest day mm -hmm. three days a week or whatever the, whatever it is. It's like bodybuilding is one of those sports where, you know, and again, when I work with athletes from every professional league and there are times in the year where we're just like, you know what, man? You just pitch the whole season, take two weeks off, go mm -hmm. on vacation, don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like for even for you to go on vacation with your wife, you have mm -hmm. to plan it so that you can get a lift in. So it's like yeah. you got to look at like, okay, where are we going so that your I can meals, work out? Your meals, your training. Um, but listen, when you're training at this level, when you're purposely taking your body to a survival mode, that's how you look the best. You take your body to a survival mode. You're projecting this perfect image of health and fitness and you're smiling on stage, but you feel like you're fucking dying. You're at like, like the most unhealthy level that you can exactly. be at that point. Exactly. You are at in like, real life. You are like, yo, you need IVs. You need water in your system. You need a fucking like, you know, you need a fucking cheeseburger. God damn it. You know, like there's there's preparations. Like when I get one month out from a show, you know, your dick don't work because you're so overtrained. You right. know, like you're so like your stress is just through the roof. Your body is just so inflamed, and you're you're putting yourself through so much suffering. You're taking away the simplest joy in life, which is sex and food. So if you're not eating what you like and you're training at an opt like this crazy hyper level, dude, right. you feel like shit. It's amazing, too, because, um, you know, I'm really into like anthropology and like human origin and just like kind of like what are the things that drive us as a species? You know, like kind of that question of who we are, why we're here. And there's really three main behavioral drivers, like three main things that will drive someone's decision making. The first one is shelter, like safety, general safety. Then sustenance, food and water. Mm -hmm. Third one, sex and mm -hmm. reproduction, mm -hmm. right? So, like, as to do what you do, you basically have to deny yourself mm -hmm. of, like, at least two, if not mm -hmm. all of those behavioral drivers. Yeah. Like, you know you're going to a place yeah. where you're not safe physically yeah. because you have to be training at that upper edge of what your capacity yeah. is just to for you to continue to build muscle and mm -hmm. make gains. Like, you have to be mm -hmm. at that at that threshold point you and know it's not that you don't want to it just physically won't happen from an instinctual perspective yeah. like every alarm system in your body has got to be sirening off to tell you like don't do this mm -hmm. don't do like you are at risk right now mm -hmm. and you like you said you have to be able to switch that off mm -hmm. right the emotions of it like we're you know we're emotional and social creatures and so mm -hmm. you're literally consciously making that decision yeah. to like deprive yourself yeah. of those things and well even mike tyson incredible. He, he restrained from sex on purpose before his fights right you know and they had you know rocky balboa woman weakened the knees blah 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 <laughs> but that's a choice like right. my choice isn't not to but um it's crazy man i mean 
on the contrary, as crazy as it sounds, the only times I feel truly alive, Mike, are when I'm competing. When I'm preparing, I call it battle, but when I'm preparing for a bodybuilding show, that's when I feel the most alive. Right. So you like I feel, I yeah. call it civilian mode. When I'm not competing, when I don't have a show picked out, I'm a civilian. Right. And I'm kind of like, you know, it's a little lackluster. But when I sign up, when I commit to a certain date, let's say it's 10 months from now, man, every fucking day is a countdown. Sure. Every day is opportunity. Every day is I'm working towards something. I don't like never not working towards something, whether it's my social media, whether it's my bodybuilding, my body, whether it's my personal relationships, whether it's my business. I need something always to strive for. And I sure. feel like that's where a lot of depression comes from. Uh, a lot of depression comes from people that don't have a goal. No yeah. matter how small it is, no matter how small it is, could be something material. You know what? By the age of so-and-so, I want to have a Ferrari. Or I want the white picket fence, and I want to be married and have my first kid, and all this bullshit that we're told. In reality, it's all bullshit. Right. Like, why do I got to get married by this date? Why do I have to have a white picket fence? Why it's do the I supposed have to? Is. Yeah. The supposed is, yeah, man. The supposed to. Yeah, supposed to, and keeping up with the Joneses and sure. so-and-so. Um, you know, same thing you were talking about before. With your mom, you know, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Like, w the way I grew up is, like, you get a job, you get job security, and you stay in that little comfort zone, even if you're miserable. Just right. endure it. Like, fuck right. that. Just suck it up. I'm stay stay part that. of the company, and eventually it'll pay off. Yeah. Fuck that. That doesn't right. happen. It doesn't always happen that way. Like, it's good to have dental and benefits and health insurance, but it's also good to optimize your opportunity as a human being sure. to reach your full potential in something, anything. And it feels fucking amazing. It it's does. a euphoric feeling, but you also get tired of it. Like you get tired of being the best at whatever you do. And now you want to tackle something else where you're not the best and become the best at that. Cause once you're the best, it loses a lot of its luster. Mm. So you always want to constantly be pushing yourself, taking on new obstacles, taking on new goals, New businesses. What are you doing now? What's new for you? Like, is there anything specific? Like, so right now, obviously, you know, every show for bodybuilding's on hold. Mm -hmm. So we don't even know, like, what's going to happen with that. But at this point, is there anything new for you business-wise, life-wise, that, yeah, you're, I mean, that you're I, kind uh, of excited about tackling? Yeah, I was on the phone with Robin Chen. Robin Chang is the athlete director of Athleticon. The Rock is doing a bodybuilding show. That's sick. It's amazing. That's huge, actually, yeah. So that is supposed to be in October in Atlantic, Georgia, um, which I would love to participate in that. I don't know what the deal is with the current state of the right, pandemic, right, whatever. Right, 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 Don't want to talk about that, but the current state of the pandemic and all that. But, um, nah, man, just get back on stage. Keep kicking ass. I mean, I do, I do keep myself busy with my online clients, training people, helping them reach their best shape. But really, I have unfinished business. I have unfinished business, and I want to go up there get a couple more titles under my belt. Love it. When I go on Google Images and I type in some of the old school guys and you see these old school 70s bodybuilders, black and white photos, and you have motherfuckers like, oh, this is Frank Zane. Oh, this is Arnold or Colombo. These guys were – I want fucking 40, 50 years from now – People, People be, like, be pulling Sadiq. up my motherfucking pictures, man. Yeah, totally. I mean, it happens right now, but what? Ha you know, I don't want to be just the guy who's inspiring teenagers and twenty and thirty year olds. I want to grow my audience. I'm trying to build a legacy. I want to be that fifty yeah. year old that's like, oh shit, this guy's the man. You know, <laughs> like I want to be that fifty year old man, and then by sixty, I'll hang it up because that's just crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
But um, so no. still the fire, still bodybuilding, and again, like so, maybe it's that's a nice segue into like, I mean, where do you see bodybuilding going? I mean, obviously the Rock getting involved and and doing that, and kind of bringing maybe a little bit more mainstream media to to the table. Listen, I mean, again, man. I I wouldn't say that bodybuilding isn't mainstream, but like it is still a niche thing. I think, right? Would you Dude, agree with that? It's not going to be mainstream till it's on TV again, right? You know, and it hasn't been on TV in, in years. How long? A couple yeah. decades, man. You know, Why is that? Is it just like the I business side of it? I think America likes drug-tested sports, right. and they like drug-tested sports. And in order to be one of the best in the world on a bodybuilding stage, it's part of there's it. There's drugs right. involved, right? I mean, I got my pro card never taking a drug in my life. I placed fourth place at my first Olympia, never taking a drug in my life, Mike. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got fourth place where it was the worst placing in my entire career, where I was like, "All right, I got to go to dark side." Right. So is it possible to do it? Yes, you could do it. But the game has changed. Um, and until somebody starts drug testing these athletes, we're not going to be on TV. Right. But it's going to be take characters like The Rock. It's going to take people influential. I think Arnold is very influential. But what's his drive? You know, he's getting right. older now. You know, he doesn't have the resilience that The Rock has. Sure. Um, and or I maybe just his focus is on, you know, obviously the politics side and just different different things and where the rock is still an athlete at heart Mm -hmm. still in the gym every day Mm -hmm. grinding out obviously arnold is Mm -hmm. still in the gym too like yeah but not the same level yeah exactly not the same level Um, rock bring the rock brings a a totally different uh ambiance of of you know like media attention and obviously his companies are i mean great with with that stuff with that being said mike there's drugs in every sport sure okay i mean listen listen, you don't tell me i know that naive um right you know i pinpoint bodybuilding but you can't – you know, bodybuilding is an easy target. Why? Because you can see the physical it, changes. Right. Because you can see the it's obvious. veins. It's obvious. The it's veins obvious. and the muscle roundness and the vascularity. Whereas in other sports, there's other drugs that they use, and they're more performance gear. Right. You know, like for speed, for agility, you know, recovery. Where we're taking stuff to enhance our look, similar to a body kit on a vehicle. You know, you put the lowering springs, the big rims. You put, you know, the big. If, if you guys didn't know, Sadiq is a huge car I'm guy. I'm a big too. car guy. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I man. love it. That's great. So, you know, we're trying to, um, we're trying to create that freak factor, right? And we're the easy target, and it's obvious. Whereas other sports like the NFL, you know, oh, you it's know, easier to hide, shuffle it under them, the man. table, right? All of them, man. Uh, but there's also big money in those sports, so they're not trying to bring that to the light, which is fine, you know. But any sport, there is people that are going to do what they have to do to have the edge sure because in the moment we're not thinking about health we're not thinking about the side effects Mm -hmm. you know and there's tons of there's tons of side effects to using steroids or performance enhancers and i tell people all the time like when they young kids they want to take their next step and they ask me for advice i tell them straight out this is not for you man right there's no going back once you cross this line you know there's no turning back right you know and and they're typically nice kids who just yeah, they just don't have it maybe considered all of the, you know. Yeah, yeah they totally. want to get laid. Yeah. They want they don't want the material things. They want to have that image of having muscles, but really, it's not about that, man. Um, right. It's about something deeper, and you need to be really passionate about what you're doing. Right. That has to be the driver first before you can add those extra layers. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, listen, I appreciate your honesty and your, you know, willingness to talk about that side of it because it, you know, I, I think everybody who is around that sport or is, watches it or everybody knows, mm-hmm. but no, a lot of people are just like not willing to talk about mm-hmm. it at all. And like, even when you and I first started working together, yeah. you, you just laid everything mm-hmm. out and you were completely mm-hmm. transparent. You were like, 
because I don't know how this affects mm-hmm. what we're trying to accomplish, and I want mm-hmm. you to be informed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and right away that was like that told me a lot about you as a person. Like, well, I know Sadiq's never going to bullshit me. He's going to tell me exactly <laughs> what he thinks, how he feels, yeah. what he wants, mm-hmm. which makes it a really e- mm-hmm. easy exchange for mm-hmm. us or for me as a therapist to help mm-hmm. you because. You're not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. You're you're absolutely laying it out on the table in in both the gym and in in at home and every aspect of your life and your business. Yeah, you have to, man. Yeah, you have to. Any coach you have, any mentor you have, any friend you have, got to have that hundred percent transparency. Sure. If nobody knows, how are they gonna help? Yeah. How are they gonna help, man? Nobody knows how they're gonna help. Yeah. The answer is always no if you don't ask it, and if if you don't. If you need help and you don't say anything, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna just figure it out, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. a great. I think that's a great piece to pull. Yeah. From that. And another thing I think is worth mentioning, man. Um, this is a little off topic, but bodybuilding saved my life. You hear people say this, you know, uh, music saved my life, uh, basketball saved my life, bodybuilding saved my life, man, because it gave me so much purpose, so much meaning, so much to strive forward too you know like if you don't tackle some, i told you i told you this before if you don't tackle something life is fucking boring if you wake up every day go to same job wake up every day speak to the same people wake up every day you know it, it you know it's just you're going through the motions right and you're left with nothing you're left with no experience you're left with not feeling the exhilaration of victory as well as the exhilaration of defeat sure because sometimes it's exhilarating to be defeated because it gives you so much drive and motivation or even just like you know like when i fail one of the things that I always pull from that is there's something to be learned. There, there's, there's a purpose to this failure. It's teaching me something if I let it and I let and I can acknowledge it, right? Um, and then it also sets that baseline, right? So I'm like, man, you know, yesterday I was feeling a little bit down. I put it on my social media. So many people reached out, like trying to lift me up and supporting. I'm like, man, I'm so fortunate and I'm so grateful that I have all these people who have my back. And a lot of them I have never even met in person. Mm-hmm. That are just like, you know, like, you're such an inspiration. I appreciate you being real. All this stuff. It's like, man, I'm so fortunate and so grateful because of the failures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it gives you that, like, so when you're riding that high and you that victory tastes so much fucking sweeter mm-hmm. when you've already been in the corner or you've already been on your back. You've already been kicked while you're down. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So awesome. It's Love boring that. to always win, bro. It's boring to always win. Sure. I mean, I don't always win. I mean, I have more losses than victories, but... But I'm so does sure. every accomplished athlete in what they do. Yeah, I'm you sure. You know what I mean? Floyd Mayweather, no. But, you know, there's some <laughs> guys true. out there, man. That's they true. just keep winning. But, um, you know, God bless them. But I have this mentality that winning makes me lazy. I prefer the more underdog story. I like, like, the Rocky Balboa story, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I'm so inspired by that. I think I think we because we all see the underdog yeah. in ourselves. Yeah. And we, we all want to mm-hmm. see that, like – Dude, you're totally right, man. I, I and I think it, you know, part of it is like when you get outside your comfort mm-hmm. zone and you test that outer edge, you learn a lot about yourself, but you also a lot of times learn that that edge can be pushed a little further, pushed a little further, pushed a little further, and a lot of people stay within that realm of mm-hmm. comfort and it can get it's and while it's safe there, it's boring yeah. there and there's not a lot of growth happening and so you get stagnant yeah. and then you start questioning mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and then it leads to that place of you just like mm-hmm. hating it you yeah. know what i mean well, you get it's, resentful it's dangerous being the best man like they turn on the best like look at conor mcgregor you know like sure. people were like applauding him like when he lost you know and now he rose to greatness again mm-hmm. people don't like 
having like a repeat champion, repeat champion, repeat champion. They want to see new guys win. Which is which is happening. It happens in bodybuilding all the time, right? All Guys all winning six, seven shows in a row, in titles in a row. In all sports, yeah, eventually you root. Yeah. You root for like the underdog, you know. Yeah, you just want to um, see the Patriots lose. <laughs> exactly, bro. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's very it's very strange, man. So it's a it's a blessing to be able to fail. It totally. really is. If you take something away from it, um, other people they're very weak minded, you know. They fail at something. Their business goes under. They go to drugs, alcohol, suicide. There's other people, you know, they use it to fucking catapult them to a new level, new yeah. level of, of success. I love that. And I've always liked that metaphor of like a bowstring. You know what I mean? Where sometimes in life, before you get launched, you, you get pulled back pretty hard. You know what I mean? I've definitely experienced this on my personal life and my business, you know, losing recovery lab, losing that brand that I put four or five years into because I made mistakes, you know, mistakes that I made and I let happen because I was just a little bit blind to it, you know, and but that but that huge setback, that month where I was kind of in limbo, you're 100 percent right. I was like, I fucking had this fire just like mm -hmm. i'm not going out like this yeah. this is not how this is going to happen yeah, yeah. and less than a month later the underground was born i had a new location i had a brand new facility mm -hmm. i had dude, athletes coming in that really well man well dude again i think a lot of it too is i had a lot of support yeah. you know what i mean like and again mm -hmm. i you know you were one of the first phone calls that i made when it all went down mm -hmm. and a you didn't sound surprised and then b you were like so and what? And what? Yeah, what's right. next? What's next? <laughs> you, he, he's like, you're like, Mike, you already know the fucking answer, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And it was just, that's what I've always loved about you. And like, you could have said so much more, but like you, yeah. you didn't say, you said exactly yeah. what mm -hmm. I needed to hear. You said you got your point across mm -hmm. eloquently. Mm -hmm. And then we left it at that. And then it was like yeah. a month later, we were back in business. Baby. Less is more, bro. Less yeah. is more. I believe but that. On the yeah. contrary, if people out there aren't as strong as you, they're going through something devastating. It's cool to be depressed for a week, for two weeks, sure. or even a month. Or take that time, yeah, yeah to mourn. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Like it's it's all good. You don't always have to be strong. Uh, in fact, you know, a lot of great athletes have moments of weakness too. Like I don't always love what I do. Right. You know, I don't always feel like doing what I do, but I do it anyway. It's the same thing. If you're hurt, if you're devastated, you gotta do what needs to be done when you don't fucking feel like it. Right. Because that motion creates emotion, and hopefully it's new emotions, better emotions. Right. So that's the best thing to do is just keep moving forward, man. Love it. And, um, yeah, I mean, what is the big fucking deal? Break your arm, big fucking deal. Get in a car crash, big fucking deal. Lose your business, big fucking deal. There's people out there with, um, you know, no food, no water, no oh, shelter. Yeah. There's people out there that are sex slaves. There's people out there that are, like, there's so much. We're just waiting for death. Yeah, it's yeah. all perspective. There's so much evil in the world that we're complaining about little fucking things that don't matter that don't matter right oh man i gotta eat a diet of high protein diet oh man i gotta do 30 minutes of cardio in my air-conditioned house <laughs> like come on man you're a pussy <laughs> like what the fuck man like i don't give a shit i don't give a fuck tell me to do 10 hours cardio or right. you know eat sand like i will do it it does not matter if it brings me closer to my goal i will do it you gotta have that kind of resilience in whatever you do same thing you know if you're in love with somebody you know, and you fucked up. Damn, man, you better drive your ass to that grocery store, get some flowers, write a card, <laughs> yeah. you know, get the chocolates. You know, you got to do what you have to do. Can't let, like, failures demobilize you. Yeah. And um, 
it's incredible, man. I love what you built over here. I appreciate um, that, man. It really looks great, dude. I appreciate that. It's great, dude. But like you said, man, the way you do anything is the way you do everything, you mm-hmm. know? And I wanted this to feel like legit. Mm-hmm. Like we sitting down, it, it feels mm-hmm. high level because I want it to be high level. Yeah. Like I'm not, I can't start this thing with, you know, mediocrity in mind. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. then what are you going to get? Yeah. Mediocrity. That's all it's, it's going to be. It's true. I want this shit to be next level because i have gained so much from being able to work with people at the next level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and that to me has always been so inspiring and so motivating it's like yeah i could be bitching right now that my business was forced to be closed but there's no that's just wasting time and energy mm-hmm. you know i'm wasting time and, and listen i had a couple of days where i felt shitty and i and i let it happen i accepted it you know acknowledged it i'm gonna let this pass but like today, man, yeah. knowing you were coming in, I, I just like I'm in such a better dude, mind space right I've now. I've had years where I felt shitty. Dude, you know what I, I mean? I had years I where I imagine. felt shitty, man. I mean, I didn't feel good until I was like 22 years old, you no. know? So like, you know, my first first chunk of life has been pretty shitty. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I have this thing where it's like life doesn't start until you find what you're passionate about. That's when life starts. Like. Elementary school, middle school, high school, that's a wash for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish Same. I, I wish like I found something that I enjoyed. Maybe, you know, baseball or basketball or, you know, art or like music. earlier in your in yeah, your I life. Wish. Yeah. And so it doesn't totally. always happen it, that way. And some people do, and that's awesome. It doesn't always happen. I remember I was in detention one time in high school. And when I was in detention What'd you do? <laughs> do you remember? I think I got in a fist fight. Yeah, I think I got <laughs> a fist fight. Um, and this was skinny Sadiq in a fist fight. I don't think people would cross you now. No, man. <laughs> I don't know, bro. <laughs> I think I was a little more agile agile before. But, um, yeah, I was in t- detention. It doesn't matter what I did, but I was in detention. And it was the PE teacher, and it was, like, five of us. And he's, like, asking, like, everyone what he did. And he's, like, you guys are stupid. And he's, like, I want you all to take this piece of paper and write down what you're passionate about. And I was, oh, fuck. You know that's I mean? heavy I for a high school understand. kid. And that's heavy. There's this yeah. one girl in detention, and she literally was like, I'm not passionate about anything. I'm not passionate about anything. I'm not passionate about anything. She was probably in detention a lot then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really hard. You know, the point of the story is this. Like, I put some bullshit. Like, I put, like, you know, drawing. You know, right. I did like to draw, but I wasn't really passionate about it. Right. You know, the way I'm passionate about, like, fitness and health. But you can't ask somebody when they're 16, 17, 18 years old to write down what they're passionate about because they don't have enough years of experience to even understand who the fuck they are in order to decide what you're passionate about. And think about our Listen, but think about our education system and like how society is set up to be mm-hmm. like, OK, high school. Now you're going to go to college. Figure out what you want to do for the rest yeah. of your life because you're going to spend mm-hmm. 150 grand on this education. It better yeah. be good. So many people. Just pick whatever and they hate it mm-hmm. because and like we're setting them up for that. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm the lucky one because mm-hmm. I blew my fucking knee out into smithereens my senior year of high school. And that's how I got into sports medicine. Yeah, I was a cross lucky. player. Did, like, think about But like lucky to what? Tear my ACL, PCL, MCL, mm-hmm. break up the bones in my knee. Like that's not that's really unlucky as an athlete. Mm-hmm. But it led me down a path that showed me what I was really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so I am lucky in the sense mm-hmm. that at 18, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Because no, of that are. experience. You are. You I know? Mean, you can't have it all figured out, man. Right. Like, how? You haven't traveled yet. You haven't 
dated many people. You, you, haven't, you haven't lost enough. Things. You haven't you lost. Haven't lost. Yeah, right. you haven't had any adversity. You right. get dropped off to fucking school on a bus. You fucking play sports for an hour afterwards. You go home. You fucking eat because your parents cook for you and go to sleep. Right. Like that's a you know there's no adversity there. You can't figure out what you like or who you are. Some people can. But same thing. I remember my sister was like, all right, you like to draw. So how about you try to get a job for Pixar? Like computer animation will be great for you. I was like, yeah, I guess so. You know? Yeah, learn it didn't really do much for you. You yeah. know, graphic arts. Learn how to do uh, design a website using HTML. Oh, okay. You know, like, that's, fuck that, dude. I don't right. want that kind of life, man. So you can't possibly know what you're passionate about. Sometimes you find in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. We don't know. We're not in control of that. Right. But experience everything. Experience everything. You know, try bodybuilding. Try CrossFit. Try, you know, cross training. Try, you know, running a marathon. Right. Try, you know, ex explore everything. Try swimming. Try, you know, like there's so many different things out there. Until you experience enough things, you won't know what you like. I actually love that you said that before because last year, last summer, I was like, you know what? I really want to learn how to surf. I, I, I've always, I've always found it appealing as a sport. Just so fucking cool. Right. Like it exudes cool. And I guys talk about the stoke and getting in mm -hmm. flow. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm into that. I want to feel what that feels like. And like you and I think it's important throughout life to like be a newbie at something, be, suck at something. Yeah. You know, but try something new, you know, and after a month or two, I was starting to get a little bit better at it. And I found something that I really enjoy that gives me a lot of value in my life. It's a great way to kind of ground myself, to kind of reconnect with nature in a way, kind of let the days bullshit wash off and just have that moment of like flow where you can just get in the zone on something you know we've spoken about that too mm -hmm. about like how in the gym sometimes like you'll start working out and the next thing you know you know an hour and a half two hours has gone by and you're like holy shit i don't even remember i don't yeah. even remember all those sets but you just get in that flow yeah. you get in that state where it's just it just comes to you right it's mm -hmm. easy it's it's smooth it's mm -hmm. it's effortless yeah. But even though you're putting out a lot of effort, it's really yeah. interesting. I love that yeah. state of how we can get there uh, mentally. I just read uh, something from Frank Zane. And in fact, I spent a lot of time with Frank Zane. So he told me this story in person, actually. He's able to do sit-ups for two and a half hours straight. <laughs> and so I asked him, I was like, how were you able to do that? You know, because these guys back then, they used to train for hours. And he said, well, I would imagine myself on all four corners of the room. And I would imagine myself out of body looking in at myself doing the sit-ups for two and a half hours. That's interesting. I'm like, wow. What the fuck kind of weed you smoked, bro? <laughs> 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 like, what are you <laughs> on? <laughs> Give me that, dude. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, since he's mentioned that, you know, I'm like, all right, if these guys are doing a thousand repetitions of abs, then at least I'm going to do a thousand repetitions of abs every single time I go to gym. So what I've been doing now is I started at 250. Now I'm at 500. Now I got all the way up to like 600 before the gym's closed. You know, repetitions of abs, and that takes like a half an hour. People in the fucking gym, like I'm doing abs longer than they're doing their entire training session. They're looking at me like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Right. You know, but I'm putting myself on a different standard. I'm, I'm demanding a different standard. I'm speaking to the greats. All right, this is what you used to do. You used to do three hours of meditation. I'm going to do three hours of meditation. You used to do 1,000 sit-ups. I'm going to do 1,000 sit-ups. You used to do this because we got so stuck into 15-minute abs one hour workout, right. get in, get out. That's bullshit. It doesn't sure. always take one hour to, you know, have a great full body workout. So I'm trying to actually, as I get older and more experienced and do more shows, I'm trying to actually make my training more intense. I'm trying to make, um, you know, I'm trying not to get stuck in what everyone else is doing. I love that, man. That's, cr that's really cool. Cause that resonates with me. Like from a career perspective, um, when I, f when I got my first job at the university of Florida, 
I think I read a, it was called the 10,000 hour rule. I think it was called. And, um, it was this article talking about if you really want to achieve mastery in some subject matter, it takes 10,000 hours. And I took that as like a personal challenge. How many so, days is that? 10,000 hours. Well, it depends on how many hours a day. But when I was at mm. Florida, I was putting in like 100-hour work weeks every week. Wow. I'd open the athletic training room at like 6 in the morning. I'd close it at midnight because we had athletes coming in all day, every day. And that was my only job mm. was just like to service these athletes, right? And so I was like, I'm going to put in a 10,000 hours faster than anybody else that I know. And kind of in, in the same parallel, it meant – not really having much of a personal life at all. Mm -hmm. It meant, you know, kind of eating, sleeping, drinking, being in, in the training room, being with the athletes, learning as much as I could from them, from the other coaches, from the other people. Um, and then, you know, so like I get people that reach out to me on social media saying like, oh, what course can I take to know what you know? And I'm like, well, fuck. I'm like, you know, here's some good stuff to get you started, mm -hmm. but you got to just go in, you got to be in the trenches mm -hmm. for for years and and be around and just get those reps and learn what it's teaching you you know it, it, there's more to it than just what you can digest online or yeah. read online um although that can be really helpful mm -hmm. and get you know starting you down that path yeah you should um, do a course though i am i'm that's what i'm so like f during this whole quarantine you know a lot of people that do what i do have really shifted towards trying to do like virtual sessions and, and you know me i'm like super hands-on i i do believe that that is a huge component physically touching an athlete to not only just create that social bond and connection of like trust and buy-in but like just getting that person's brain and their nervous system in more of like that learning mode through using touch as that vehicle um so it, it's been a little harder for me to adapt to like the virtual I, I think there's a lot of value to it yeah you can teach a lot of people some sustainable things that they can do for themselves so i love that part where we can empower somebody to take control over their own recovery, their own rehab, their own training, whatever it may be, but it, it, it lacks that personal thing that I really, and that's really, I think, why I felt like in a funk mm -hmm. over the weekends. I just miss that. I miss that mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, my move has been really shifting laterally towards the education stuff, and so I'm working on a few courses right now that I'm going to release within the next month, yeah. um, digital courses that I'm going to teach live webcast from yeah. here and then hopefully film them in a studio and like have it be like a polished up product e-product again That's and sick. i'm taking that page out of your book too you know even a lot of my content people don't realize like a lot of my content three four years ago was inspired by you because i liked the way you did your content like mm -hmm. the bodybuilding videos with the music overlay and you dubbing your voice over to like explain some stuff i'm like man i let me do the same thing for manual therapy and that's exactly what i did yeah and you know I, and I, I remember you even said like yo that those yeah. videos look really familiar yeah but you were so proud at the same time. You're like, bro, that's so awesome. Dude, it takes <laughs> so much balls, man, to put yourself on social media, to hold that phone to your fucking face and record a video. And, and then people post are it. looking at you and posting it. And I'm like, oh, I don't like the way my – have you ever heard of yourself on a voicemail? I hate I hate it voice. also. So it doesn't matter what the fuck you think. It matters who you're helping out there, the content that you're posting. Because if everyone was just in their own little shell not posting anything – what really are we gaining and learning? Nothing. If you go to YouTube, how to tie a tie, but nobody made a video about how to tie a fucking tie, nobody would know how to tie a fucking tie. You know? Absolutely. So it takes people like us to do it, and uh, it feels weird, but you ain't got nothing to lose, man. People don't remember for more than five minutes, you know? The really cool, interesting part about that, too, is like, you know, you and I are around the same age. I think I'm like a year older than you. But when we were yeah. kids and teenagers, there was no YouTube. No. Like, when you started working out, 
like when I started working out, when I started training for sports when I was in high school, you go to like I was going to Gennaro's gym in East Rockaway. It's like an old school bodybuilding kind of gym. Everything's rusty. And like you just kind of go to a machine, you just start doing it. And yeah. the way that I learned was if somebody in the gym was nice enough yeah. to come up to you and give you like a pointer or two. Mm-hmm. Right. But now you can go on, you know, beyond the physique, mm-hmm. you can download your mm-hmm. ebook that comes complete with the instructions, mm-hmm. the video, the nutrition guide. Yeah. Like the access to information is so much greater now. And like you said, because mm-hmm. guys like us are putting mm-hmm. out free content or content mm-hmm. that you can download and that you can learn from your years mm-hmm. in the trenches yeah no you know same thing with me man if i saw someone with big chest in the gym i'd watch them from a distance like a fucking right. weirdo <laughs> and like if they made that contact with me i would look away real right quick. right real quick and, um so that's God, how i learned me, yeah. and then if they try to give me a tip i was so insecure that i'd be like i felt not worthy of even receiving the tip they'll be like, oh thank you thank you thank you and like rush them through right. and like run away because you didn't want to like take up their time or something dude i yeah. couldn't even join a gym Mike, I couldn't join a gym. I was too skinny. Wow. So what I did was I, I, I was lifting in my basement, in my dirty, dusting, dark basement for two years until I developed a little less skinniness. Right. And how did you get – did you get – where did you get equipment from? You just, like, found – used whatever you could find, really? So um, when I was 18 years old, my neighbor was moving, and my brother was visiting at the time. He was like, hey, next-door neighbor is moving. Come give me a hand. we got to help her load some stuff in the truck. I'm all right, no doubt. We go help her load some stuff into the truck. My brother bounces. I think he went to go smoke a cigarette or something. So he leaves. And she's like, where's your brother? I was like, I don't know. He left. He's like, all right, well, here's $200. Give 100 to him and 100 for you. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, <laughs> no, nah, I'm taking this fucking 200 bucks, bro. So I hit up my friend. I used to skate with this kid. His name was Alan. And I hit up Alan, and he started getting a little bit of muscle tone. Right. And I was like, hey, man, like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, you got a little bit of muscle. Like, I got $200. Like, what could I do to get more muscles? I didn't know shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know shit. So he's like, all right, go to Kmart, get this bench. This bench is like $67.99. And then you're going to go here and get these two cast iron dumbbells. Then you're going to go to a supplement store, and you're going to get this kind of pre-workout. So I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm fucking driving. I'm buying all this shit. Like, I set it up in my basement, and the dumbbells that I purchased were too heavy. So they were 30 pounds. So I couldn't even lift the own dumbbells that I purchased. Wow. So I had to go swap those out, drive back, swap them out for 15 pounds, build up the muscle endurance to, like, you know, right. a girl yeah. could lift 15 pounds, you know. Um, so it really, like, proved to me how much I wanted to change. I really want to change. I remember when I would eat my meals, I would eat them over the sink because I would physically, like, gag and, like, throw it up. You know, and if I threw up, because I was you're just trying to shovel it down, shovel kinda? it yeah. down. And right. if I threw up, I would get so upset at myself, Mike. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm tired of eating. And I'd practically be like in tears. Like now I had to force feed even more calories down my throat. Yeah, um, it was ridiculous, man. What I had to endure. I remember just like walking around the house and I had these mantras and mantras could either be positive or negative. Mm-hmm. A negative mantra is this. Oh, I'm going to screw it up. Oh, I can't do nothing right. Oh, I'm ugly. The victim oh, mindset. That. Oh, right. this. And it's easy to get stuck in there. And I walk sure. around the house all fucking day. Oh, I'm so skinny. Damn, I'm skinny. Oh, crap. You know, like, uh, that's what I would say all day. And I had to physically, like, force myself to, like, change my outcome. Because if I didn't do it, no one else was going to change it for me. And, you know, eventually, just through force feeding, you know, eating, 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 I went from 130 pounds to 240 pounds naturally at my biggest. Wow. You know, so that was Jesus. naturally. Yeah. So... 
obviously I was, I didn't have like, I had like two abs, you know, I didn't have a six pack, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> right, so, right, right. so I went all the way up there, you know, and it eventually got easier. Um, but it's going to be a rough, rough course. And even when I had some success, when I was winning shows and competing, uh, I remember I was in a gym and I met one of my good friends, Gabrielle. And the way I met Gabrielle was, um, I was in a gym and I was lifting and I would like drop the weights and be like, oh, shit, fuck, you know, cause you're tired, you know, right, you, right, you have right. these like, you know, your, your, your sigh of reliefs. And she walked up to me. She's like, you're stupid. I'm like, what? She's like, you're stupid. Your words have creative power. And I don't know what the fuck it meant. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, what yeah, the fuck? yeah. You're like, what is this? So I'm like, what? this chick never spoke to me in my life. And she tells me this. What the hell? Is this fighting words? You know, but she was good looking. So I was like, all right, I'm young. I'm like, all right, I'll go along with what she's saying. So then I see her at the gym the next day. And I'm like, hey, like, she's reading some kind of paperwork. She's a doctor. And she's a doctor of nutrition. And she's reading some paperwork. I was like, hey, what do you mean the other day? And uh, she's like, oh, you're stupid. You know, your words have creative power. So she gives me this book. And she's like, read this book. So I read the book. What was the book? Do you remember? It was the Four Agreements. Oh God, that's such a good one, man. Yeah, it, it's it was such a good one. How old were you? I was, I think I was like twenty three. Dude, so like to get something like that that mm -hmm. young can mm -hmm. be hugely oh impactful on your life, you know? Yeah, so impactful. So she gave me this book, and I fucking read this book like from front to back. I go to the gym next day. I give her a book. I was like, give me another one. So she said she gave me The Alchemist. Love so that one, too. another great one. And then I read that one. Give me another book. Give me another book. Give me another book. But in the four agreements, what it says is be impeccable with your word, which pretty much means, you know, be impeccable with your word. Your word has creative power. Like, if you say something, fucking do it. Sure. You know, whether it's positive or negative. Like, you have to it, – it's, it's, so, it's so nuts um, how we walk around life and our mantras that we tell each other. You know, similar to what I said before, I can never do nothing right. Instead of saying, let's fucking do it. Let's right. get the shit done. Let's get started. You know, these positive little motivating words and, you know, the way your brain is programmed. Because we're programmed for, let's be honest, we're programmed for failure. We really are. We look at rich people like, oh, they're so lucky. That's a failure, loser mentality. They're so lucky. These motherfuckers worked at it. Right. In fact, when I see a successful person, you know what I think? If he did it, I could do it. This sure. is inspiring. Like, I love it. I love to see someone succeed. That internal dialogue is so important because it, you're 100% right. It, it can either fuel something great or it can be the fuel for the fire that burns your ass down to the ground. Mm -hmm. And we have conscious control over that. It's a choice, right? And so what you're talking about is like neuroplasticity at its core. You switched that conscious mindset from fuck shit, fuck mm -hmm. this, to... Mm -hmm a more positive dialogue that f that basically started you down a totally different path, even though the stimuli were the same, like the workouts mm -hmm. or this, mm -hmm. you know, like what you're mm -hmm. doing physically is the same, yeah. but the context in which you wrap your mindset around mm -hmm. totally shifts gears. Uh, one of my good friends, Mike Cox, he told me this. He said, squeezing the fuck out of the steering wheel won't make the car drive faster. I was like, wow. You know, like here I am giving myself so much resistance. Right. You know, I'm going through life with so much stress and, you know, resistance. And he's totally got a point. You know, it's not going to help. You're going to get the same outcome no matter what. Right. You know, so it, wow. it was pretty cool to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool to hear. That. I like that one. Oh, dude. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I, I really, like I said, I, and I'm not, I'm not bullshitting. When I said when I wrote down the list of 
people like and i'll show you the post-it note sadiq is the uh, first one on the I list know. I bl- we do we spoke about you know what i mean man. and we spoke about it a year ago and i'm so grateful and so humbled that it, you know it took a year for me to get my shit together mm-hmm. but here we are and that's we're fine. doing it and that's we fine. and we we threw it down yeah that's um fine, i feel like we we're uh, well we're definitely going to do this again i mean i can't I can see us going. I, can I, go. I know you could and and there's so much more that i think people can pull from you know from your experience and and from the things that have driven and molded you as a as not only an athlete but as a person um and so again i, I just thank you so much and uh, can you tell us about like some of the business stuff that you got going on? Like if people want to, you know, get coached by you, if they want like some of your programming, like where can they go to interact with you more on like a, uh, uh, like a more personal level? Because again, I think my audience is probably a little bit more clinical coaches, yeah. trainers. And I, and I do think a lot can be learned from like what you're doing, not only from a physical training perspective and bodybuilding specifically, but also like business wise, like, mm-hmm. dude, you're, that always impressed me too, like how savvy you were. Like you're very intelligent. Like you know your shit, but you also know mm-hmm. how to produce stuff with quality and and how to get results. And I think you know I'd love for you to share like where people can find yeah. that stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, you go to SiddiqueFitness.com. Um, if you guys are interested in training programs, custom diets, nutrition, if you're interested in anything, go to SiddiqueFitness.com. Um, Sadiq Hadzovic on Instagram, Sadiq Hadzovic on Facebook, Sadiq Hadzovic on Twitter, Sadiq Hadzovic on YouTube, everything, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, but the main takeaway, if you're listening to this out there, the main takeaway from me is if I could do it, anyone could fucking do it. I mean, really, if I had no experience, zero knowledge, zero physical mentors, you know, zero YouTube. YouTube wasn't around. No, man. That's so, what I'm saying. Like, and if I fucking yeah. did it, you guys could do it too. It sounds cheesy and cliche, but just start, and you guys will be surprised about how well you do and how much knowledge and tools you pick up along the way. So, if you're interested in looking better, if you're interested in getting faster, getting smarter, getting whatever, getting do late. the research. Man. <laughs> Gonna help with that too. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking. To pick up a girl or something, I'll write you an ebook how to pick up a chick. No, Don't worry, Chelsea. He's talking about for other people, <laughs> not for him. But um, no, for real, man. Um, the world is yours. Yeah, the world is yours. Sounds That's awesome, cheesy. man. The world is fucking yours, man. That's what I'm gonna title this podcast. The, the world, world is yours, yours with Sadiq Hadzovic. Scarface, baby. I fucking love it, man. All right, Mike. Thank, thank you, brother. You, dude, thank you so much. Thank again, you, so again, guys, if you want to check out Sadiq, obviously he's not hard to find on Instagram. He's not f- hard to find on the internet at all. Definitely go check him out. He's a good friend of mine. He's an inspiring athlete. He puts out amazing content. Um, and we're definitely going to have Sadiq on again because I feel like we could have done two or three more hours like this. But um, yeah, uh, thanks again, brother. And I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Please hit that subscribe button on Apple, on Spotify. Uh, leave us a comment or a review. I'm definitely going to get back to you guys, and, and we'll get Sadiq in, uh, back on again or in even, the future. Or even better, if you're inspired about what you heard or what you saw, share it with a friend. Share it, yeah. Share it with a fucking friend. Yeah, I love that. Thanks so much, guys, and be well, everybody out there. We'll see you guys next time on the Movement Underground Radio.